Yes, folks. Episode number 29. We're here live in Brooklyn, New York. We're actually here. We attempted to record this in the car on the way down with little to no success. <laughs> yeah, that was a mess. That sounded horrible. Hopefully nobody ever hears those tapes. <laughs> no one will ever hear those tapes. They were not great. But we realized, I think, being down here, I think we thought it would be easier to do this here. And somehow it is significantly harder. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, probably, because there's so much to do, I guess. And I think that's that's the thing. It's not actually hard to do the show. We just don't really want to because we're busy. <laughs> Vacation. <laughs> you know, like, this isn't hard. Down. This is no different. I mean, I'm not at you know the table we normally do it at. But other than that, pretty much the same. Well, guys, we've been in New York for about a day or so. Uh, what did you think of the uh, What did you think of the drive down? I feel like this is a uh, this is a really easy trip to make. As we as we were making our way down here, up until we got into the city, that's all I could think of. Like, oh, this is so much easier than yeah. last it's time. It's a I straight it. shot on the throughway. Like, it's not overly complicated. You know what I mean? Coming down. Um, the biggest issue, though, what I saw when we were coming in is just the parking is insane. There's yes. a fire hydrant yeah, every 30 feet. So when you think you get a parking spot, it's you, know, you figure there sort of has to be. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. one of those things you, you don't even do. look at the gaps anymore because you know there's just a fire well, hydrant. We left, you know, as you guys know, I think it was a good idea. We left. I, I got out of work about maybe 9 o'clock on Saturday night. And mm-hmm. We left right from there. And I think that was the move, because driving down, there was no traffic, which was really nice. It made it easy. No traffic and no weather makes for an easy drive pretty much anywhere. Yeah, and you know, and I think it goes it goes a long way. We talked about this a little bit before the trip, Kev. I've taken this trip by myself. Mm-hmm. I've driven to New York solo and back. Yeah. It's not as much fun. It's a four-hour slog, because it's just mm-hmm. you... Like, even during the trip, we left at 9 o'clock at night. It is better to go at night, I always say, because I have a hard time driving in the morning because my eyes get bothered by the sunlight after a couple hours. But Sure. Um, that's true. I don't know. I don't know if it's just old man. No, it is like, you know, it's actually somehow it bothers me worse in the daytime. But, you know, even like that night, I probably could have gotten a little tired. It was nice to have the people in the car with me to, like take this trip with me so I'm not by ourselves. That's always my trick. If I have to drive and I'm worried about falling asleep, there's nothing for me better where you know falling people talk about coffee, you know, get something to eat, whatever. Just somebody to talk to. Yeah. As long as I have somebody to talk to and keep my mind engaged, I'll drive, you know, all yeah. the night. The last fine. actual massive road trip that I took was uh my cousin Josh and I, we usually we both have our parents that live in Virginia. We went down on a Friday night at about seven at night, I wanna say we got in Maybe even earlier. It was bad, but we got in, stayed for one day, maybe 12 hours, and drove all the way back. So we essentially drove 16 hours for like a 24-hour trip or whatever. But same thing, though. You have, you're sitting there talking to your, you know, your cousin and doing those type of things. It didn't feel like we were in a car the whole entire time. It was really like a nice smooth trip. So I, I learned early on that road trips could be tough. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned this story on the the on the version of this we recorded in the car that will never get played. Cuts. <laughs> cuts. Uh, I took a trip to Florida when I was between uh, seven and eight with my family. It was me and about three of my cousins and two of my sisters and three of my aunts and both my grandparents yeah. all in one van. Clown car, man. It just like one of the that sounds of, like a nightmare. It's horrible. <laughs> just the worst experience. And uh, we got lost in Florida, and this was pre cell phone era. So people, you know, if you get lost, it's like a two-hour, like, extravaganza to try and find the people you're there with. And 
when you see them, it's like you won the lottery. You're like, oh my god, we're here, two streets away from where I thought you were. You know what's um, been you know good about this trip is that most of the trips that I make are say family oriented. So I'm usually going down to a relative's house. So when you're getting, yeah. say you're in a car with five people, you're also going to a house with three or four more. We stumbled mm-hmm. into a jackpot down here. Yeah, so. I think I think it's important that we do thank this. This episode of the Uticast is sponsored by <laughs> uh, Adam Goldstein and his oh. compulsive behavior. Because he moved into a beautiful new brownstone here in Brooklyn, and then mm-hmm. two days later, bought himself a one-way ticket to Russia. <laughs> so, yes. When we were talking to him, we we're like, "Yeah, we're coming down to the city." He's like, "Oh, no problem. You guys can stay at my place." So we have this empty, this empty apartment that we can just sort of call home. That makes it so much more convenient than sleeping on a couch or four, you know, you just know like keeping just people awake at night or huddling something. together in somebody's living room. Well, it is my thirtieth birthday weekend, and That's true. It, it was very uh, buried the lead. Buried the lead. It was. It was. Because <laughs> really... he doesn't want people to know. Because no. <laughs> he's leaving it at twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. later. So uh, <laughs> no, it changed over. It changed over. I looked. Uh, <laughs> Does it work like that? You can't lie about your no. age on there. No. Could... No, they'll let you know. Uh, no, we also have to thank, you know, uh, our good friend, Eric Tuttle, my very, very good, close personal friend, uh, who was nice enough to spend a lot of this time here with us. And, you know, him and Adam really put us in a nice situation here and helped us out. And we got this great place to stay. Uh, what are your first impressions of the city, guys? Like, I don't, I know, Kev, you really haven't spent a lot of time here I mean, in New York. I, I, it's, it's tough to say because, like, first impressions of the city, you know, I've been down to New York a ton of times, mm-hmm. but, like, hanging out with you guys over here around where you used to live... Mm-hmm. That's a little bit different. It's um, it's really it's hard to say impressions. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. so much and stuff, and it's also like it's not like I came down here and there's some big surprise. Yeah. It's like yep, this is about what it is. You know what I mean? Well, I think after after today, after we spend some time in the city, after we hit up Manhattan for the Knicks game tonight, which I'm very excited for, uh, we'll probably have a better idea of what's what. You get a good idea of what Manhattan's like. Manhattan's totally different. We're in Brooklyn right now for people who uh, don't know much about the city. I feel like I'm um, much more familiar with Manhattan than Brooklyn just because yeah. every time you ever take a trip, like a school trip or like a family trip or anything like that, it's always, always Manhattan. You know, I, I, th- I get the, the hipster angle thrown at me a lot uh, because of the Brooklyn thing. I spent a lot of time down here. I do find Brooklyn to be a very singular, interesting location. It's not like Manhattan. It's not so much like a city necessarily as it is almost like a massive suburb, right? Like everything's – like there's less – there's less tall buildings in Brooklyn than you would imagine. It's mostly houses and such. What about you, Parkinson? I don't know how much time you've spent in New York. Yeah, I for just to go through trips and just kind of hang out regardless, I'm usually just pretty observant and taking things in. So it's been interesting for me as we walk past people with styles, nationalities, um, you know, smells, sights, like all these things. So I'm kind of just taking it in as just something different. So it doesn't have the spectacles. Oh, it's, you know, big New York. You know what I mean? Like, So yeah. it's not like... Mystical to me. I've done. I've been down here. I just. I like going places and just taking it in, regardless of where I, I am. Like so I think it's very interesting, like uh, observations when you just kind of walk around. I think know? also one of my favorite parts is something uh, I think Justin, you touched on a little bit earlier. Normally, when I take a trip, most of the time it's there's some sort of ulterior motive, be yeah. like a family thing, a wedding you got to go to, a concert, a festival. It's nice to just take some time with nothing to do and just come and hang uh, out and do whatever we want. I said it earlier. Uh, uh, there are things I really wanted to do here since I've been back are really enjoy the things that I can't really do upstate anymore. Uh, specifically, uh, Tinder, Uber, and Grubhub. <laughs> Those three things that I just can't, like even right now, like we're waiting for breakfast to yeah. come in from Grubhub that I ordered from my phone, which I couldn't be more excited about. <laughs> 
Uh, I played on Tinder last night until Tinder told me to get off. It said, stop. It said, you've taken... You've taken it said Tinder. you're 30 now. You only get limited number, <laughs> limited of, number of swipes. You only get a limited number of people that's your advanced age. Single moms is all going to be rejecting your feed now. I know. It's I, not you. <laughs> can I tell you, I got to a point in time last night goofing around on Tinder. Because you can down here. By, go, by goofing around, you mean playing the game of your life. Playing the game of your life. You can go to Utica or upstate where there's not a lot of Tinder, and you can spread the age limit out all the way and spread the like the distance to like 30 miles or whatever, and you're still only going to get about 12 swipes before it's like, done, no more people in this neighborhood. I was picking like just 40 to 45-year-old women in a three-mile range, and it went on forever. <laughs> like, it just kept going. It never ended. I couldn't fucking believe it, man. All of a sudden, ended. you get real discerning when you're down here. You're like, well, no, maybe not. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I had a, uh, a friend who will rename, remain nameless. But his M.O. was just... If I can figure out who you're talking about, I'm going to name them. It was just to swipe right on everybody, no matter what they look like, just because he liked to get the interactions back from the people because he thought it was hilarious. I do know who that is. Yeah, he yes, is you do. he who shall not be named. <laughs> well, guys, we got the, uh, we're going to hit Manhattan in a little bit with our good buddy uh, Eric Tuttle, who's going to show us around. Going to see the, the Knicks. Going to see the New York Knickerbockers be for my birthday. Forward. I want to see Porzingis put down 40 points. I have a good feeling that Carmelo's having a good game. Ankle sprain. <laughs> I'm going for a Porzingis ankle sprain. Mr. Baja Bug. <laughs> so, for this week's episode, we are just, I think what we should try and do is basically do a segment after every day or event that we do here. Yeah, we'll just kind of freeform it and see what goes on. All right. Very good, guys. Rub Hub's here. We're going to take a break. funny about recording in here is that uh, when we saw Eric when we first came down he asked if we had extra blankets and pillows because there wasn't supposed to be heat in here. Yeah. So at the, the very least, at least we're uh, moderately warm coming in here because it's like that last second throwing. He's like, oh, by the way, he probably doesn't work. We're like, what? When <laughs> I all the way down here? You're going to tell me that when I'm walking I had, the door? To turn, I had to turn the heat off when, yeah. we, when we just got back in. I had to turn the heat off because I came in. I looked at it. The heat was set to 75 I feel like if you're going away to Russia for an indeterminate amount of time, probably don't leave your heat on mm. 75 unless you're not paying for it. Yeah, oh, well, um, it, he had mentioned it to me that there was a – it's funny. He, he was so happy to be like, yeah, just stay at the place. Stay at the place. Oh, by the way, there's no internet, and the place might be leaking, and the heaters don't work. So I was like, have a great time. Stay yeah. for yourself. I was like, oh, dude, great, man. Thanks. New York City living. That's you know? <laughs> right. It was way overrated, though, because everything's very nice here. Everything's in working order. Like It's, oh, it's a beautiful place. Beautiful place. Um, a place that we talked about, we tried to figure out how much it would cost in Utica. Yeah, that was our first game. That's yeah. how you know you've been living upstate too long. You come down here, you look at these apartments, you're like, what are you paying for this? Yeah. It's funny, though, because even when we brought it up to Eric, he's like, you know, I talk to people about that all the time. It's like, how frequent do you think Dude, it is? Like, it, how much could you get a place somewhere else? Is that a topic of conversation down here? I don't know if you mentioned, I've mentioned it before. I lived here for a long time. Yeah, I don't know if anybody had heard um, And that's not a joke. That comes up. <laughs> In almost every conversation, almost the first conversation you have with anybody you meet, you're like, where do you live? Oh, I live up in the Lower East Side. Oh, that's nice. What are you paying for that place? Oh, yeah. it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, it's such a, 
it's almost like a weird badge of honor in a weird way to certain people. Like, you want to know, yeah. right? See, I, on the other hand, was on the other side of that. People would ask me how much I paid for my place. I'm like, well, I get a deal. <laughs> like, I'm trying to tell people what a steal on it. <laughs> Most people are trying to tell you, like, how much they spent. Yeah. Um, so we're recovering from uh, our day in Manhattan. We went to Carmine's, my former uh, restaurant that I worked at. What did you guys think of Carmine's? Okay, I wanted number one. I, you know, I've, I've always heard Eric Tuttle tease you about being Midtown Sam. I got it for everybody listening. So Midtown you, Sam. <laughs> you, you used to work at Carmine's, which for you know a lot of people who probably don't know is right in Times Square, and it's consistently rated as the busiest restaurant in Times Square, thereby probably one of the busiest restaurants in the city, bar none. Yeah. And it was an absolute zoo. It was yep. so packed in there. There was like an hour wait. There were people everywhere. Sam walks in. Says one thing to the girl at the host stand, waves us back automatically to a table. Every single waiter, server, bartender, every single person was coming over to shake his hand like he was yeah. the Don of Our New York. Our food order was They're in sending the food even over to the table. Down, They're sending free things over. You really are just the Don of, yeah. of Broadway. Deep felt in the heart of the theater. <laughs> uh, felt very mafia-ish as we were walking in. Like kind right? of being escorted to the back like... Star treatment, you know um, what I mean? It's yeah, like, I, I didn't realize we were such a midtown celebrity. <laughs> yeah, I got, got that nickname against my will. My <laughs> uh, but here's the thing, and Midtown is a weird area. Midtown, for people who are not uh, totally inclined with New York City, is like Midtown is the part of New York that you think of when you see Times Square or any sort of like movie stereotype. If you watch the movie Birdman, that was yeah. all set in Midtown. Basically, the area around Times Square, which for all intents and purposes, most native New Yorkers, people who live here, don't particularly like to go to. The joke that I can imagine, though, there was was a zoo everywhere, on every corner, every street. We stayed away primarily from going into Times Square proper, even though we were right on the fringe of it. Yes. uh, For good reason. Like, there's a reason we didn't go that way. It's the worst. It's a madhouse. Yeah. The only time Times Square is ever nice is really, really late at night. Two and three in the morning because all the lights are still on, but nobody's home. And yeah. it's just real quiet and bright, and there's no one walking the street. And that's a really interesting, from like a cerebral yeah. filmmaker point of view, well, it was cool a, to look at. It was a decent, um, a decent walk, though, because it was almost sensory overload. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I want to get a taco here. I want to be here. I want to buy, like, you want a taco. Yeah, yeah. You've been so this bad. Yeah. 36 hours. I know. We I cannot wait today. to eat a taco. We're going to get somewhere. you a taco. Yeah, but it's just like, you just see all these things. And you're like, I want that. I want that. Two of those, please. You know what I mean? Dude, so, like, is... It's very difficult to move forward. I mean, how many pit stops oh, yeah. can we make? You know what I mean? Dude, it's a trap, though. Yeah. It really, like, you can, it, like, just from the time that we walked, we walked a lot yeah. today. We went from the Lower East Side, basically down to Soho, and then we went back up to Manhattan. We walked probably about three or four miles without yeah. even really paying any attention, probably longer than that, yeah. which is why I'm well, so Kevin tired. And I were, yeah, we were talking, yeah, saying, we were talking about um, how many miles do you think we walked? I guess five. It had to be more, do you think, right? Definitely more than that, I would say. Um, I told this to Kevin. When I was working in Carmine's, a restaurant we were at there last night, um, there's an upstairs in that restaurant. And one of the jobs you can do in that restaurant is uh, run food, which for non-waiter-inclined people is pretty much just you take food from the kitchen, you bring it out to the table, you serve it out to the guests, you crack wise for a second, you take away the dirty plates, you bring it back to the kitchen, mm. you repeat the process for seven hours. It's an okay job. You get paid the same as a waiter at Carmine's to do it because it's a really... It's a tough way. You gotta go upstairs and you gotta carry food all day. But I had a friend who we did this probably three days a week out of the four shifts I'd have. I loved to run food because it was just easier on me mentally and it was a good way to keep in shape. And we were talking about it and he had a Fitbit and he said, I'm gonna turn it on one day. Or Fitbit, whatever it's called. Turned it on and lo and behold, he found out that during the day, like the normal course of business, we actually walked about seven miles a day. 
just going back, back and, and forth, forth, up and down the stairs, out to the tables for seven, eight hours. It's just, you you don't think about it. And New York City in general kind of does the same thing. Like, we walked probably five or six miles. It didn't feel like it when no. we were out yeah. in the street. It feels like it when you get home and you sit down and you go, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. for as much as we were trying to party for my birthday, you know, our we, dogs were barking. We, <laughs> so I was like, let's go home. <laughs> So uh, I am bearing the lead, though. After Carmine's, we walked from the upper from uh, Midtown down to Madison Square Garden and caught the Knicks game, which I was very excited <laughs> for. One hundred to eighty-eight, the Knicks with a huge win on my birthday. No, yeah. I'm really disappointed with the Bucks play. I thought they were the hot. You were guys. disappointed with the Bucks. Yeah. You're the only person there. I who think is. the Bucks got a good team. They just didn't look like it last night. I was night. waiting for. I when we were walking out of Madison Square Garden. Uh, Madison Square Garden was great. I'd never been to an NBA game. Yeah, I was gonna I, ask I'd you. actually never been to the Garden. I thought it was really cool. Um, NBA is probably my favorite sports league, so I had a, I really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a good game, and the fact that like you know the Knicks had some big plays and stuff, so it was going nuts. But we're walking out, just you know getting herded out like cattle, and Parkinson's yelling the whole time. He's like. You know, all these fans used to boo Porzingis when he was drafted. Now they love him. They're all a bunch of hypocrites. I hate him. And we're just kind of like, you're in a lot of people who love this team and love this guy. Maybe, call just, a spade maybe a spade. just take it down a notch until we get outside. <laughs> call a spade a spade. Maybe not until we're on the street. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'll say, it's been a long time since I've been to a Knicks game. And I'll even admit, yesterday's Knicks game, maybe this was a Sunday game, you know, people are, it's the end of the week. It is very the strange crowd that seven was not, a Sunday game for basketball like that. Yeah, the crowd was not quite as hyped as it was well, last time the I was there. <laughs> so, that being, it was the Bucks. <laughs> that being said, I think it was the third quarter, uh, the Knicks had a huge third quarter, they scored 31, and the Bucks scored like 18 or something. That's when they really pulled yeah, away yeah, in the game. Yeah. And there was a couple moments in that quarter where I think Porzingis had the putback jam, yeah. and there was the three, and you could, then the crowd really got hyped up. And once that crowd in Madison Square Garden gets really well, going, so it's crazy. It's nice for the Knicks, at least now, though, because it feels like they almost at least expect them to win some games this year, too. Well, so, like, even against the Bucks, but the Bucks are a decent team, but I think people feel like the Knicks got a chance almost every night out, which is, like, way different than the last few years. The Knicks fans are, the Knicks fans are knowledgeable. I think there was a guy we were talking to in the, in the, at the game who was sitting in front of us, and it's like, you know, they might not make the playoffs this year because, miraculously, the Eastern Conference is better than it was. That being said, they're so much more watchable and so much more enjoyable to watch than any point in time in the last five years that most fans don't really care so much that they're not in the playoffs, quote unquote, yeah. early in the year. But yeah, but they're just so happy to have something that they can yeah stand behind. When you can tell too, the people loved Porzingis. I saw so many Porzingis jerseys. Crazy, He's one of like man. the top three selling jerseys in the league right now, yeah. and I can believe it because I feel like everywhere I looked, I saw you know what I was saw weird, number six jersey. When yeah. we first walked in, tons of Ewing, like Anthony Mason, there's yeah. a lot of old school. I think it's been a while since Knicks fans can like grab a jersey and be like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna wear this for a while because they've been yeah. so. You go Steve Francis, the Marbury, the McGrady. Like you've had all these dudes cycle yeah. out, and you might have a start with Porzingis now. So, do you have any thoughts about pro sports in general being live? First sports business, your first NBA game. You said anything that stood out to you? Um, I found myself. I found my eyes kept being drawn to the big screen above the court, which was just the TV angles being shown. <laughs> yes. I'm like no, no, wait a minute, I'm here. I gotta watch yeah. the court or the televisions first, right on the back of the seats in the in the row ahead of us. You see that? Oh yeah. There's televisions yeah. in the rows plus the jumbotron, and then the actual game going on. It's like which? How do you not watch it? You know what I mean? Like it's very distracting. I have a couple things I notice about that. Uh, one, all the comparisons that people make between Madison Square Garden and the Odd. I think it's true to a certain extent from the sightline position. Like, you really can 
see everything mm-hmm. from every angle. I don't doesn't doesn't feel like it in there. Certainly doesn't look as much like it as I think people give it the impression for. Well, obviously, the sizes are so big that to try to compare the two yeah. seems silly. But like you know, stylistically, from being a, a circular place like that where you can see, because like. We had good seats. We could see everything. We had a really yeah. good view, but we didn't have like anything crazy for seats. Yeah. Like that was pretty, you know, pretty cheap. All things considered, and we yeah. were kind of high up there, but like we could see everything. And I, I was looking around. I thought the view was yeah. actually yeah. Like, yeah. That's yeah. pretty that's good. What I'm saying. Like, pretty I feel good. like um, I feel like the view is probably pretty solid from anywhere you go in there, especially yeah. if you can get because we were about at half court, so you can see both, both sides. sides yeah. Maybe if you're on the back on one end and you've got the backboard in your yeah. way, but generally, well, I spent the first half wandering around. You did spend the <laughs> yeah, first I thought half. we had lost you. Now, we thought you were gone. I'm just exploring, and I ran into Eucharist's finest. Young Steph. Yes, that's who right. Was Shout out on the court, scooting around. What are those things called? Um, hoverboards. They're called hoverboards. I looked down the court and I saw some dude spin around in circles. I was like, "That's most definitely Steph." So, so let's let's shout out real quick uh, another guy who was real real nice to us last night. Utica's finest, Stefan Nemechek, who happens to work part time for the Knicks. Yeah. I guess it's the hype crew, right? Yeah. They, they're the people who run out onto the court and shoot T-shirts out of guns yeah. into the audience. Which, mind you. I feel like the audience gets more hyped up for a T-shirt Way, fight out of a gun yeah. than they oh, ever yeah. get for they a basketball. They a cannon out with like 60 shirts. Yeah. It wasn't shooting enough, so they started <laughs> booing. <laughs> the shirts weren't yeah. making it. People were getting only, only in New York can they bring out a literal T-shirt machine gun four cannon. There was like four of them. And one of them didn't quite fire the way they wanted to. <laughs> the crowd was... Displeased, <laughs> you know. Are you, I'm not you're booing some poor 22 year old kid who's only found <laughs> so to just fire free stuff into the uh, crowd, and you're like, you're not giving me my free stuff so expediently enough. <laughs> so after halftime, uh, you come back up to the seats yep. uh, with with Stefan. Yep. You bring him up to the seats, and he's got some T-shirts for us. So he throws the T-shirts to us like from the side, and everyone else in the crowd around us is so hurt. <laughs> yeah. like somebody's like, yeah, oh, T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, so we go from uh, Carmine's with the star treatment of the food and the service that's to, New York, baby. to the Knicks game. With it's how we say it. I'm yeah. telling you. The we got the, out of New York. Uh, the T-shirt cannon from two feet away with an underhand toss. Well, so look, you can't <laughs> have the, the, the MSG thing. The MSG thing is more typical of what a New York experience yeah. is like. Well, the Carmine's thing, you just happen to, as a waiter, Kevin, you, you, you forge relationships yeah, yeah. with a lot of people. and yeah. Very I think, similar lifestyles, and you guys got a lot I of I think specifically at that kind of restaurant, too, it becomes very us versus them as a Kuwait staff and a crew because it is so busy and you yeah. get so close to working with these same people. There's only, there's only about 50 people who mm. work in that restaurant there's and 24 of them work per night. You know what I mean? Yeah. So being, being part of a front of house staff at a restaurant is definitely, there's a lot of camaraderie involved. There's definitely a lot of like, you know, this is the team and it's us versus mm. all these horrible customers. Yeah. Cause make no mistake about it. When you're working in a busy restaurant, no matter how great the customers are, they're all horrible. The worst. They're, yeah. all, the worst. <laughs> they're all horrible and you yeah. hate them all. Tourists. And it's no offense. <laughs> yeah. You'll still yeah. take good care of them, but God, you hate <laughs> you know, it's just um, – and that restaurant we talked to, you know, we, we talked about it last night. Like that restaurant's so busy that you almost have to rely on other people to help you. You got a six-table section as a waiter. Yeah. Like you you better have somebody – you better have a busboy who you trust who's going to be out there doing work for you. You better have a bartender who's really on top of his game getting those drinks out because the minute you get delayed with drinks on a six-top – And I got to say too, the, the just because I was kind of watching the wait staff, I can't help it when I go places because I've done it before – 
Um, everybody was everybody was great. Like they've got yeah. they've got their whole staff humming on all cylinders. Yeah. Well, and like sure. I said, we had our appetizer order in before the waitress even got to the table because you knew the people and everything. Right. So it was one of those things where it's like. There's four or five different people there where we weren't like there was no concern over anything. Well, that like, was nice too because bringing the spread, doing whatever. We had we had to get to the Knicks game, so we wouldn't have been able to really stay there for super long. Like we went in there, and the wait time was like an hour, and yeah. I think we were only in there for 45 minutes, done with our meal, paid, and gone. Yeah, which was nice because if that hadn't been the case, if you hadn't been able to just you know sort of walk us back and get us a table back there. We probably wouldn't have been able to go. We yeah. would have had to leave because we would have had to make it to the garden. Oh, yeah, and we ate very small things the entire way. Well, they kept so. throwing all that extra food at yeah. us. They gave us that big antipasto plate. And then uh, cuddle with the, the score, which is, I guess, typical, is uh, you bring your leftovers with you. We obviously couldn't bring them into the stadium, so he just gave them to some homeless guys. And he did. And this typical... Uh, you know, so that dude landed some calamari and pasta. It was probably a good look for him. So. I did pull an amateur move, though, last night. You guys saw it. When we walked into the Knicks game, I didn't think about it, and I got my pocket knife confiscated. My, yeah, my, did my you really, did. They yeah, snatched, they snatched my body yeah. real quick. You would think, you know, and I thought about it afterwards. It's my own fault. If I had just taken the pocket knife and put it in my cigarette pack, they didn't check my cigarette pack. I yeah. pulled my cigarette out of my pack, and they held it in the air and said, here you go, you know, give me with a metal detector. I was an honest guy. I put everything that I had that was metal in. I was going in the line behind you, so I saw you put your stuff in the bin, then you went through and you put, you know, your little pocket knife. And it wasn't like this isn't some no, it's weapon. Legal. This is like a little tool. You yes. know what I mean? This is not like some, yes. you know, like a giant samurai blade, but it was funny because you put it in and I watched the security get pick it up, open it and fold it, sort of look up like, are you serious? It's like, hey, but. You can't bring this in. Here. <laughs> you're like, oh, I guess you're gonna have to throw it out then, sir. And I was looking at it when you threw it out because I remember when you ordered that from the Best yeah. Made site, and you were like, "Look at my new pocket knife. I love this thing. This is my favorite thing." Shout out to if they a, can send you a free one. Thankfully, we are going to Manhattan again at some point in time today. There is actually a Best Made store in Manhattan. I can theoretically just go to Best Made and buy one as opposed to ordering it. So maybe I'll just do that today when we get a chance. Uh, we should probably cut this segment. We're getting pretty long. We got a lot of stuff on the plate, but I do want to say we learned this at the last hour just now. The passing away of a sad, uh, sad passing away. Uh, one of my favorite musicians, David Bowie, passed away uh, between last night and this morning. I haven't I been hit this hard since Scott Wineland passed around uh, December, of course, but it's okay. <laughs> Any thoughts about David Bowie? I know um, he, he lived way longer than he should have for all like the cocaine oh and anorexia mm, yeah. that he lived on. Nick's sexy. Was and he was pretty old. Like It's too bad, but we're lying if we said that he's put out a decent yeah, piece 70. of music in 20 years. Yeah. I thought the last album wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't like... You gotta think, though... I, I know what you mean, but if you think about all the stuff Bowie's done in terms of like not just music, he's pretty important in the pop culture lexicon, mm. even if you don't like the songs. Right. Like, I just oh, think no, about, for sure. I think about the movie The Prestige. He plays Nikola Tesla in that movie, which yeah, is... Yeah, he does. And he's great. Yeah. He's so good. Like, yeah. shockingly talented for a guy who gets, like, a bad rap. Also, Hunky Dory is a great album. So if you get a chance today, go listen to the song, like, Changes. Pick a, yeah, something. pick a Bowie song. What would yeah. you recommend? What's yours? Oh, man. Uh, I would just uh, do Fame. I gotta do Fame. fame. Yeah. Golden Years, maybe. I like Golden Years a lot, too. 
Dude, let's dance. That's let's my dance. jam. Yeah, just that's the my jam. just Hunky Dory the album. That's the best. The one. whole thing. The whole album. The whole album. Because so it's your birthday, we can let you do it. Nah, it's the best Bowie album. Go listen to Go listen to Hunky Dory. That's and the one. Under pressure the... with Bowie and Queen too. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good one. All right, let's take a break. We will come back uh, with either an interview or something else. Something or I don't know. We'll something else is gonna happen. We can't get David Bowie now. That was our backup. Birthday weekend. I know. Um, and I do have to say, um, as a guy who lived here, I spent sure. seven years in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I've spent a couple, I've been, this is the second time I've been to this brewery yeah. here at the Brooklyn Brewery. Okay. Uh, and we are here with Joe Thompson. You are the packaging coordination slash tour guide here at the Brooklyn Brewery. That is correct. Is that your actual, your, uh, I mean, business card title is packaging coordinator. Uh, but I do the tour guide stuff, uh, something that, you know, full-time employees will do. It's easier for the full-time employees to do than, uh, you know, someone that just comes in and does it. Uh, a lot of it because if you're a full-time employee, you, you know kind of the nuts and bolts of the industry. Sure. Um, it's easier, at least, to segue then into doing a little bit of part-time work downstairs, uh, tour guiding and events and stuff like that. Well, Joe, we just sat through, uh, me and the rest of the Uticast crew, sat through your uh, your tour just now. It was very entertaining. Um, I have a couple questions for you personally, though. Are you from this area? Are you from the Brooklyn area, or are you a transplant? I am... Um, I'm not a transplant per se. I've uh, born and raised and still live on Long Island, New York. Really? Uh, so I commute here every day. So not really, not really <laughs> a, a trans. Yeah, not really a <laughs> transplant. I don't live here, but I, sure. I, I don't. Uh, kind of like on the segue. I, I have a lot of uh, interesting uh, discussions with my coworkers, most of which live in Brooklyn, uh, and I'm very much a suburban guy. Uh, and uh, Joe, uh, how long have you been here with the brewery per se as a, as an employee? So I've worked here full time. Uh, just celebrated my two week, a uh, two year work anniversary last week. Oh wow! Yeah, congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh, but before <laughs> that, I actually interned here before. So so I started. Uh, I, I got an internship here in marketing uh, mm-hmm. through a friend of a friend. Started working here 2013, kind of a part-time thing. Nice. Uh, brewery has a really extensive donations program. A lot of craft breweries do that. Uh, where they're um, it was actually used to be at the cornerstone of our marketing where there's local events going on. Uh, we'll either donate or give beer to these events at mm-hmm. cost and really only ask in return that they will take photographs and kind of talk about us on social media. Sure. So, uh-huh. um, so kind of my, my part-time internship was facilitating that. Uh, that wrapped up, and then uh, the front desk job opened up. Got that in uh, 2014. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. 2016. So uh, I got that in 2014. Uh, worked there for a full year. Worked under uh, Steve Hindy, who is our co-founder, and yes. Garrett Oliver, who's exactly. our brewmaster. I was uh, there. Fascinating man. Yeah. Oh god. Both fascinating. And I worked with them. Uh, couldn't be polar opposite people to work really? in the same industry. <laughs> uh, but I was their uh, assistant for both of them. Uh, mm-hmm. They both traveled quite extensively. I have to ask. Um, I was a history major, and mm-hmm. then I went to Hunter College in New York City, and I had a history degree. And then I took that degree, and I, I sell insurance. So my question, I'm always intrigued to see how uh, people get from one situation to where they are. You've been here at the brewery for a while. What did you initially do before? What were you interested in before you ended up here? Would you have a plan in New York? or So uh, like, so if you took a straw poll of the people that work at the brewery, 
um, you would find that the majority of us, myself included, were English majors. Really? English and creative writing really? majors. Yep. That's where I started out. I don't know what it is. Actually, I do know what it is that allures creative types to beer, uh, probably liking to drink. But uh, kind of, I kind of just fell into this. Out of school, I was looking to do just copy editing work. Uh, nothing really panned out. And then uh, just by chance, I got an internship here. Mm-hmm. I uh, went to school in Binghamton, New York, so uh, nice. upstate, upstate pride, uh, southern tier. The Bearcats, the Bobcats? It's in Bearcats, Bearcats, maybe. that's yeah. right. What Tony is a Bearcat? Heiser. That's my one yeah. guy from, from Binghamton. <laughs> exactly, yeah, there you go. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it kind of just happened, but I love, I really love being here. Uh, now I'm doing operations work, which is kind of, it's kind of like the center of the in, the the, uh, the business itself. I, I, I deal directly with, you know, buying our actual packaging as a... Um, you know, case cartons, all that stuff. And, sure. and then on a larger scale, I actually do a little bit of project. So when we're looking to launch a new product, uh, I kind of help steer that ship because sure. every department gets involved in that. We are primarily based, uh, the show itself is based in central New York and upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most people in, in Utica specifically where we're, the show itself is based, but in the general region, know the Brooklyn Brewery because on the Brooklyn Brewery uh, packaging, when you get a Brooklyn lager or a, a brown ale, if you're me, because I love that brown ale so so damn much it's so good oh, it's, it's one of my personal <laughs> favorites uh but most people will notice the brooklyn brewery uh labels for those have the utica new york logo there's been a working relationship between fx matt and brooklyn brewery um have you ever been up to saranac brewery at all or the fx matt brewery i went for the first time uh last march and it was great uh <laughs> it's a great brewery. it's beautiful beautiful brewery uh I am inclined to like being upstate, I think, because of the four years that I spent in Binghamton. But uh, the uh, the rolling hills, not mountains, as I was mm-hmm. as uh, I was scolded for by my upstate <laughs> exactly. friends for saying they were true. mountains. They're not mountains, they're hills. <laughs> um, but uh, oh god, I had a great time there. I can't. I'm going back again this spring probably, but uh, mm. not even just for hanging out with coworkers. But we stood at the Utica Hotel. Oh yeah, which is uh, very yeah, nice. Classic. It's a historic. Um, went to the Green Onion, which is oh yeah. Uh, that's around the corner from my house, actually. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good for you. I've spent some time at the Green yeah, Onion. Good I'll for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did not... See, I have to go back because I have yet to have... I haven't had chicken riggies. Oh. I have not oh, had yeah. Utica Greens. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like there's one other staple that I have not had yet. Long oh. Hots? Is that a thing? Long Hots are Long a thing. Uh, tomato pie is very popular. Um, I've what I've noticed over the years, and this is... Uh, I'll probably get a little bit of flack for this yeah. from the local crowd. Sure. Utican, Uticans have this bad tendency to rename things <laughs> that exist in other places as our own. Like, we, we, we're a big fan of what's called half-moon cookies in Utica. Mm-hmm. You can pretty much get those everywhere. They're called black and white cookies. Well, They're pretty much... <laughs> I'm going to interject here for a second, because I, I had a friend. <laughs> one of my best friends from school is from Elmira, right? Oh, yep. and we, yeah. We would argue all the time, because... I like black and whites. I do not like half moon. Half moons tend to have soft frosting yes. on it, like cake yeah. frosting. I like that nice, tasteless, hard fondant because exactly. that's my thing. So, yeah. So we would get into discussion. But I've, tomato pie is just pizza without cheese, right? Uh, tomato there? pie is, for all intents and purposes. Uh, focaccia bread with oh. with tomato sauce on top. So, um, so pizza without cheese. Yeah, pizza without <laughs> cheese. Uh, one of the things that I think most people confuse tomato pie for is mm. they assume it's like an apple pie with tomatoes. Oh. And I'm like, that's not exactly what we're Got looking it. at. No, that's ter- that would um, be terrible. So I just we just sat through the uh, the tour here, which yeah. was an excellent tour. Thank you. A wonderful tour. And I've and we're in the the beautiful 
Brooklyn Brewery offices. Which yes. I really, I love the offices here. I love <laughs> this open. building. I love this facility. I love the way you guys set up things. What's it like from a day-to-day? Do you, what's it got to be like to be here in this facility? Do you enjoy yourself? It seems like there's a lot of enjoyment from the staff here. For everything I've met from everyone here so far, there's a really uh, calm, relaxing atmosphere. What's mm-hmm. it like to be here on a day-to-day basis? Uh, it, it's great. Uh, I mean, it's and uh, I'll use the argument that uh, my, my buddy Justin Lloyd in operations uses that if the, the kind of work that I do, um, you could apply it to pretty much anything else with an industrial background. Like sure. The example he usually uses is we could be moving cotton swabs, but that's boring. Yeah. We move beer, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other side, of, just going downstairs and watching the bottling line go is still to this day... Yeah. Uh, it's mesmerizing. It's it's so much fun to watch. It's a uh, it's a really cool place to work. Everyone here, it's a really young office, which might not surprise too many people. But I, I was surprised yeah, actually. We we've been around for a long time. I mean, people they look at the Brooklyn Brewery. It's in Williamsburg, which is the center of Brooklyn yeah. these days. And yeah. you know, people. Uh, I think there's a stigma around the brewery where it's like oh, they're cashing in on what's hip and trendy. But uh, the brewery's been around since. 88 when there yeah. was nothing here like, at least not say. in this uh neighborhood and um it was it, 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 brooklyn used to not be a cool marketing tool it's true uh and it kind of worked in our favor that the borough yeah. kind of went through this cultural renaissance yeah. and we're uh we, it's helped us i'll say that well you guys are I, I and maybe i'm wrong i'm not exactly sure i've heard rumors that you guys are expanding the brewery i don't know if there's something you can talk about in terms of the so show, yeah, no, um, I, we the, the what's public is we are uh, looking to build a facility mm-hmm. in Staten Island. Uh, really? Yes. Nice. We will always have a headquarters in Brooklyn. Sure. Uh, but we're looking to open a larger facility on Staten Island, uh, closer to the freightways. We export so much of our beer sure. that um, sure. it, it's kind of hard to tra- it's it's co- it's not cost effective to have to transport it from either even here or Utica. It, it's it's difficult. Uh, so what we're trying to do is get a new spot that's near railways to sure. kind of transport it. Well, out. not even you know we've talked about it before. It, it seems it, it it's a really beautiful establishment you have here. But even if you go to the FX Matt Brewery, which a lot of our listeners have been to many times, you'd be surprised that this is a little bit more of a smaller venue. It's surprisingly small in here. It's really beautiful and mm-hmm. really well kept. But oh yeah, uh, it seems like. You guys it's do, small. Yeah. It's very small. It it's, is. Um, it's it, it's an, it's an interesting thing where uh, I, we don't. I don't know how widely we talk about the stats. I say it on the the tour sometimes, but um, I mean it, it's public information that we brew. As of 2014, I would say in 2014 we brewed uh, about two thirds of our total production in Utica, yeah. one third out of here in Brooklyn. Right. Um, we're getting closer to being fifty fifty. Uh, we, we've been churning out a lot more mm-hmm. beer in the last year. Uh, excuse me. Thanks in part uh, to our technical director Mary Wiles, who uh, she actually used to work for Budweiser, but um, she, she's a scientist. She's she's sure. genius at brewing, and um, she's helped us really maximize what we're doing with our. We've had the same tanks now for going on three years, three four years, yeah. the same equipment, uh, but we've really hit a point where we're just kind of gliding on it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I get why people would be shocked though to come here and see what we're doing out of such a small space. <laughs> If you saw a warehouse, you would be even more shocked because oh, yeah. it's tiny. Uh, so, uh, I you've probably noticed more than more the regular person uh, the way that craft brewing in general in this country has been on the up on the upside over mm-hmm. the last few years. Uh, Brooklyn Brewery, obviously one of the more 
uh, famous and popular breweries here in the whole East Coast. How do you feel about the the way the craft brewing industry has gone? Is there's a lot more places doing craft brewing? It seems to be really, really catching on the last ten years. It's interesting. You hear a lot of people talking about, uh, and I'm by no means an expert on the business sure. of it, but um, you hear a lot of people talking about it uh, almost in terms of the housing bubble where it's going to burst because there's so many craft breweries. Right. But when you really look at it historically. There was a craft brewer in every neighborhood yeah. uh, that used to make their own local beer for their citizens, and that's just the way it was. Historic, so it, may, it makes sense almost that it's kind of things are going back to the way they used to be, which is not a model that most modern beer drinkers are familiar with. So sure. uh, it, it's interesting. You're also seeing the rise of a lot of private funding now yeah. uh, getting these breweries. Well, you know, growing up as a young man, I, you know, in the era where I was in my early 20s, you know, drinking as a young man, mm-hmm. and I now I'm, I just turned thirty over the weekend. That's why we're here in New York. I hey, just happy said, birthday! Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. With the Knicks game last night, very nice. exciting. Um, as I get older, I've sort of appreciated beer, the craft beer specifically, because I enjoy a beer. When you're younger, you tend to drink because you drink anything that can oh, come yeah. into your wheelhouse. But oh, for sure. Just looking around at this facility and basically the whole neighborhood around this facility and how exciting the tours are and the work you're doing here, it's really nice to. To have this kind of facility here in New York, and to, it's exciting to, that you guys are doing such great work, and the craft brews you guys do. I'm enjoying one of these sriracha aces earlier. Yeah. Sriracha ace is so good, um, and I just I'm glad that you guys gave us a chance to really you know to visit the brewery and to get a look here, and it's a really great place you guys have. Yeah, here. of course. I mean, thank you for coming. It's uh, it's funny before I uh, before I really get to talk to people before before I did these tours, you kind of yeah. lose track of uh, the kind of how cool it is to work at a brewery, I guess. Uh, you, you know, it, it, for, for a long time, it becomes a nine-to-five, but when you actually have a way to engage with the public, uh, yeah. you know, for a few hours at a time, uh, it, it's, it, it's, there, it makes you feel uh, proud in a weird way. Uh, so it's cool. Uh, Joe, I have to ask you before we leave, this yes. is a common question we ask all sure. our, uh, our interviews. Uh, as a human being, Joe Thompson, packaging coordinator and tour guide for the Brooklyn Brewery. Okay. Who are you? Oh God! It's a tough question. I know it's. Uh... Um, I am a I am a man. <laughs> a man's man. Sure. No, but no, no. I'm a man. I'll say that with a shrug. I'm a man. Let's go go with that. Well, Joe, I really appreciate you giving us some time. It's a real pleasure to be here at That's the Brooklyn Brewery. Thank you, man. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for coming. And Come uh, we'll, back again. I I plan on it. <laughs> All right. And we'll be back with the show in just a few moments. I do. I do want to thank again the uh, the really excellent, very professional Joe Thompson, who was uh, took the time out of our brewery tour at Brooklyn Brewery to give yeah. us 10, 13 minutes of really excellent talk. The about Brooklyn the was great. I tried some great. You know what's funny? I was not the biggest going in. I was not the biggest Brooklyn Brewery fan. I'd only tried a few beers. I'd never like had my socks knocked off. I tried some really interesting stuff. They're doing some cool stuff down there yeah. in Brooklyn. You know what they do? A good tour. And it's not a tour. It's um yeah, history. The story it, yeah. makes you yeah. want to buy the beers. Like they really upsell what they're doing. Yeah. That it's a very good. Uh, no, you're right. Very interesting. Um, they make it worth the money. That's for sure. We've talked many times about how the FX Matt Brewery tour is very special because it's a very long tour and it really takes you through the guts of uh, the brewery. You really get an idea of how they make the beer. Yep. 
the Brooklyn tour is a little bit more about like beer tasting and how well, like that's well that's yeah, something yeah. I was impressed by so, as somebody who's obviously very familiar with the Saranac tour. I loved how much time they spent to really make you understand and appreciate mm-hmm. the beers you're trying as opposed to... Would they make you um, smell it four times or something like that? Like three, three times. Yeah, three times. Three times. Yeah. They made you like smell the beer three times. Even to or... start with the question, like, okay, they're like, okay, this may seem dumb, but has anybody here never tried beer before? Or, you know, and like asking different stuff like that to really start. So you could go in there if you had somehow never had a beer in your life and still have a pretty good appreciation for what it was they were showing you what they were doing. You know what? Um... We were pointing out a lot of stuff because so let's break it down just for a second. We were waiting, say, ten minutes or so, fifteen minutes for the the girl, the Aaron, to come up, who's fantastic, yes. yeah. wonderful woman. But we're reading things on like even through the tour, Utica did not get a ton of like. I, they gave us. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know like even in print materials that we saw up there, it said upstate brew. You know what I, I mean? Like there was there was. See, well, I, I read every article yeah. on the wall, and like two of the other ones specifically. And then no, they said FX man, but I don't think it's a, a negative thing. It's just like, do you think they're so oh. ashamed that they're bottling upstate? No, they don't no, want no, it to no. be like I a think, thing. It's kind of like, oh yeah, yeah. but we do this. Let's thing. be real. The Brooklyn Brewery um, does a ton of contracting upstate. That's one of the reasons they can do yeah. their pilot brewing down here because they have such a small, small oh, brew room. And if you read the articles, a lot of the stuff they said is that you fall into there, the appeasement of being like a upstate well, thing. There is a fine line between, you know, you don't want to talk too much about the fact that the brewery is doing all their work. But, you know, because they're still, they're still a brand that's yeah. pushing their brand. They are connected to Saranac in that, in that weird yeah. connection where they do work together. But they are, at the end of the day, their own brand, right? Right. No, so, I think it's weird being Uticans and just being like that upstate well, tavern. Because well, I, the, I wondered because during the presentation and the history they were giving, they made a point to shout out do. like we do it all on FX Man. It's a really nice place for yeah. upstate go. But then they were like, point we got to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's uh, let's not focus so much on the brewery. But tonight, uh, as opposed to I think we should. You know what? For anybody listening to the Lost Brooklyn New York episode, yeah. this is going to be a bizarre episode. We should update real quick. It's. So we normally do the show at about 6 or 7 o'clock on Monday. We tape it, and we're yeah. normally uploading it like by midnight for Tuesday. It is currently past midnight into Tuesday. Yes. We yeah. all just yeah. made it back from some separate paths. We don't have Wi-Fi. No, that, and that's the other <laughs> thing. I'm sure that you folks will figure this out after we've mentioned it, but this episode is going to be posted a little bit later yeah. than normal. It's because not a late show. It's not no a late show. It'll still be Tuesday. For, yeah. for all the credit we gave to our good friend Adam Goldstein for putting us up in this wonderful spot, <laughs> what he didn't mention to us is there is no Wi-Fi here. So we well, did, what I didn't realize or he, we did touch. What I, what I didn't realize is you had told me that like Goldstein had a new place and that you know we were going to stop by whatever. I didn't realize that he had moved in here three days before he left. Three days, Russia. yeah. It's in great shape when you really think about three days before going to Russia. At least there's sleeping space for everybody instead of crashing on floors or Airbnb yeah. or something crazy. By the way, can we talk about the fact that our good friend is in Russia? Well, I'm super jealous that that's a great vacation. I didn't even, I wasn't, I'm not even fully sure that like, I didn't know if we had travel restrictions <laughs> in Russia right now. Like, I'm surprised that you can yeah, just hop right over and get a visa. Like, like so sketchy. He knows it's, some people. It's well, weird that, that also, he went, he went with his girlfriend, who is a citizen, yeah. so they right. different right. as well. But we watch soccer at, what, 8 in the morning sometimes, so yes. like the time zone is different, so he's texting you early in the morning. It's yes. one of those things where like you reflect yeah. back on it and you're like, is it like 7 in Russia? Because yeah. it's 3 a.m. here, stop texting. I me. knew it was trouble when it was 3.30 in the morning here in New York, and I was getting text messages from him where it was 10 a.m. in Russia, and he was very <laughs> awake, and I'm like, listen, I I'm love to talk to you. I'm out. <laughs> I love to talk to you, but I'm falling asleep. Guys, uh, I want to I wanna ask you a question. As a guy who lives in Brooklyn, this is all very familiar to me, but I'd like to ask you guys... 
what you thought of the difference between we spent a night in Manhattan and a night in Brooklyn. Do you have any thoughts it was, about that? I've, I've obviously, I've, you know, I think anybody who lives as close as we do in Utica to New York has been to at least Manhattan probably a handful of times sure. in their life. It was not until when we were walking through that part sort of outside Williamsburg after we left yeah. the Brooklyn Brewery Tour and we were going to the Levee, your yes, old stopping the Levee, grounds. wonderful spot. And I was walking through that neighborhood, and then it really started to coalesce like, man, this does look pretty cool. Yeah. Like, this is all right. No, In Manhattan, it's like, this is kind of the worst. Yeah. I can see why this yeah. is fun, yeah. but like, if this was... Um, a, me and Justin, when we, you know, we parted ways earlier tonight, went our separate ways for a little bit. Yes. And we were talking... <laughs> yeah, we found you. Same as carousing all the time. Highly. But so we went our own way, but we were talking about that, specifically, like, you working in Times Square at Carmine's, and we were like, man, you know... This is like this walk is all right. We're having fun because we've never seen most of this stuff. But like, if I had to come back from Times Square to you know, I know where your yeah, old apartment was. Seven hour time, shift or um, whatever. After yeah, being yeah, on your feet yeah. all day yeah. too. We've we've come around. I want to take a taxi every time. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you the truth. You know, we we talk about New York a lot in this podcast, and I get my balls broken. Uh, but mercilessly, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 when you don't hear, yeah. like you get it worse off the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that we all get but it. That being said, I'm really glad, and on a personal level, you know, men to men, I'm glad that you guys were here to experience New York the way that I yeah. spent the last seven years to yeah. really get you know a vibe I'm, for what I'm it was like to be here. here. This has been a you good trip. You know what? Yeah, it, it has been a good trip. We were and we sitting tomorrow. We got the yeah. museum. We got See, I'm today. glad that we can't podcast after the National right. History Museum because I'm. I got to tell U-Cast you, cuts. I'm going to yeah. be Unicast.com. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we laugh about it all the time. This is as close as we'll ever get to doing <laughs> Unicast after hours, which you've been joking about. For if months anybody, months I'll tell you what. If any, if maybe sometime, if anybody ever cares enough, we will release. That bad audio recording oh, yeah. in the car on the way because we still have it. <clears throat> well, it sounds true. bad and it's a little bit weird. You know, you know what? Just uh, one thing. Uh, as we're talking, because we're kind of in that mode, Kevin and I were talking about as we were Winergrass people. You you get this feeling that like Brooklyn has these weird nook and cranny things. It does, but you For can real. also stumble into a pretty mainstream place. So it's not. Like, we thought we were gonna find like that cool bar. Yeah. And you will, mm-hmm. but it's really not that nook and cranny-ish, I guess. Does that make sense? Uh, Brooklyn specifically allows you – it's a little bit like watching the news today where, yeah. you know, if you go – back in the day, you watch the news. You there's like leftist news, rightist news, and then li- in, the, in the middle news. Now you can sort of find your own personal niche where you can find this yeah, yeah. place where you yeah. live in and everything else that's not really like your style is is out of the sight. We went to a place called The Levy tonight. For anyone who's ever been to Brooklyn, it's a very low-key, chill bar, pretty cheap drinks, good music on the jukebox. They give you cheese balls for the free. Levy, the yeah, Levy literally yeah. reminded me of an off-the-beaten-path West Utica bar. Yeah. Like yeah. West Utica off Varick Street, you could pop that bar in there, and I see it right there. But we spent an hour in The Levy. We could have probably spent longer there and never seen another bar, and there were... 13 other bars mm-hmm. in that street, probably. Yeah. They were all very cool. That's the joy about this city. It's a wonderful town. I, I've said it many times. I One of the things I constantly talk about in the show is every good and bad thing about New York City you've ever heard is true. Yeah. Whether it's the best thing you've ever heard or the worst or the thing worst you've ever heard. And that's tonight true. we got a good example of some of the best stuff that like Brooklyn <laughs> and New York has to offer. A lot of the cool uh, the bars, the cool mm-hmm. venues. A lot of and, and have we gotten the worst? We we get, no, we've been good. We've we been bad. Me and Justin were talking about it when we walked back from um because when we stopped at another bar after we left and we just sort of went walking and we were coming back and we're walking by certain streets through the back end of Brooklyn and I'm looking at different signs and stuff and I'm like I remember hearing about this place in like 
rap songs from the early 90s. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is like, yeah, that's where Biggie rapped about selling crack, and this is here and there. And then I'm looking around, and I'm like, and there's no a, there's a gelato shop, <laughs> and there's a uh, cronut pop-up. Cronuts, <laughs> man, they're real. It's just, you know, we talk about gentrification sometimes, and it's crazy to walk through a place you hear, like, almost, like, mythically in folklore, like, yeah. you know, rap music and stuff like that. And looking at it and what it is now, and you can tell mm. it's. I thought it was interesting walking through Brooklyn because it's a very old place. Yes. But when you walk through yeah. it, you can see the new stuff sort of polished and placed on top of yeah. the old stuff. Mm-hmm. And you and can see what's brand new, and that's interesting. It doesn't yes. feel unsafe at all. Even no, it doesn't. I mean, I think that's doesn't. a very big and, misconception and, is that you're in trouble and you're not. It's look, a very low key walk and like just very nice. And it's also with 65 yesterday, so that's a cool yeah. thing. Like, there's, there's no denying that. Uh, ten years ago, the neighborhood we're in. I mean, currently, we're in uh, we're in the outskirts of the Bedford Stuyvesant section in Brooklyn, New York. We're right. at our buddy's apartment. This neighborhood ten years ago was probably not like we couldn't be walking to Bodega at two in the morning. It's crazy yeah. because you you see that. Yeah, you know, like when you're walking, you can see where it used to be, and you can see it being kind of shined mm-hmm. over. And that's that's something that's pretty crazy to me about it. Like, and that's the argument for and against gentrification. What you've had here is you've had all these uh, these places open up, these nicer places, uh, and what's happened is the people who can't afford to live here get pushed Don't, farther, yeah, farther yeah, out yeah. to the outskirts. Yeah. And what will eventually happen here, and it's one of the things they talked about. Even when I was leaving New York, it was a little bit of a conversation that you're going to get to a point eventually where it's just the haves and the have-nots yeah. and no in the middle. And you look. Well, at I think that speaks to a larger trend, yeah. country and society wide. Yeah. Really, I mean, yeah. Brooklyn is probably a microcosm and a great sample size, but that's a huge issue we face. You know, everything going forward, the chasm between the haves and have-nots is yeah. growing. You know, by the day. Yeah. And so I think that's definitely a place where you can see it. Yeah. though. But we're pretty three average, not even middle class dudes. Like we're getting by, and we could come down to Brooklyn and have a pretty good time affordably. Like I don't know. I mean, you might be getting by, but we got Midtown Sammy. Midtown Sammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the way that it even is now is that the misconception. I thought it would be way more expensive, way more tra- like it's very not. The that's case, what's been cool know? about Brooklyn compared to Manhattan for me is that. Brooklyn is the same price. I'm paying about the same prices for everything as I would yeah. anywhere else if I was out. Mm-hmm. You, you go to Manhattan and you get that huge markup, but like in Brooklyn, I've you know had plenty to eat and to drink for the exact, pretty much the exact same thing I would pay at home. Oh yeah, plus maybe a dollar here or there, but nothing really. What's really nice? Also, to- Uber is everything that they wow, said. Wow, yeah. How about Uber? For man. my first Uber experience, Uber is everything they said it was. That was the first one. Utica, yeah. I've never taken. I've never me either. That was both our first. Those Ubers. people are running Lincoln, out of Continental, or whatever. I'm telling you, you get, a, you get a different vibe when you understand how Grubhub and Uber and Tinder yeah. work in a city. We like did. This. We Grubhub yeah. was and we well. Uber today. That's me and Kevin's like. Grubhub we're just really, really so fancy. You know? I'm telling you, man. That's my aim. <laughs> Someone's gonna listen to the podcast and steal. We, we've been gentrified. We're gentrified. Well, there was somebody who tried to open a Grubhub style thing in Utica, but it's just tough because you need so many people on staff as drivers. Delivery, yeah. You need so many people on call to deliver at the snap. And that's the the catch with Uber, though, even though they're freelance, they're employees and you got to cover liabilities and all that type of stuff. It's a real dicey thing to have a dude riding around on a bike. You got to pay them insurance. Here, let me throw this at you. You get like a Grubhub slash Uber thing where the restaurants hire Ubers to deliver their food. To the right, right? Hubbard. You know what I'm saying? Hubbard. Hubbard. Don't steal the name. Hubbard is the worst name, and nobody's going to steal it. You know what? Something also I've got to say. We've been we've been staying at Goldstein's here. Um, 
it's cool because Goldstein, like us, is somebody, Sam, he moved with you. You know, yeah. he went out to New York years ago. But he's Utica born and raised, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's been nice looking around his apartment. He's barely moved in here, but, like, everywhere in the kitchen, everywhere Voss else, I'm seeing... There's a poster over like, there. Like, there's a poster of... There's a picture <laughs> yeah. of, like, a painting of Vosses. There's uh, Utica coffee matches. There's the, the gift shop in his bedroom. Saturday, you, you see know, so it's like yeah. a little piece of home. Doesn't so, guys, it. we've only been here two days. Uh, we haven't really... Uh, we haven't done the museum that for history. We'll I get, I, I'm giving yeah. I'm giving both you guys fair warning. I'm going to be like an excited yeah. seven year old on yeah. Christmas. It's not broadcastable. Yeah. It's just so. Yeah. No, I'm going to be too busy jumping up and down and screaming. It's like a puppy course. peeing on the ground. Uh, so let me ask you guys this: We've been here two days. We've been in Manhattan. We've been in Brooklyn. We've spent a lot of time going to get food and going to relax, and enjoy the scenery. Let me ask you this: Could you, after two days, snap judgment? Do you think you could live in Brooklyn? No. No. I said we talked about it on our way back home, actually. We uh, had this, this on conversation. I Not today as me, my age, and everything like that. Ten years ago, maybe. I, I Younger thinking, younger Justin could have seen yeah, it. Not today. Younger. That, I'm not trying to do that hustle. I That's feel a like, lot of work. I feel like I could, but there's a caveat. Like, I was I was telling you, uh, there was a weird thing that came up a couple months ago where I had this, like, sort of job offer. Someone's like, hey, you know, you can come to Brooklyn and do this job and yeah. this and that. And I thought about it. I feel like at 30 years old, it would be a tough time to move down here and, like, figure out the trains and, like, yeah. start your yeah. life living down here. That being said, after spending a lot of time going through a lot of different parts of Brooklyn today, I do think I could. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, it all comes down to the money here. Yeah, yeah. money talks. Hey, if I was, Brooklyn, if I was making got money, money, we want it, and yeah. we'll live here. You're <laughs> out of here. Um, if I had the money to cover... No, it's a, lot. it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle thing. You have to be... If you're not scraping to get by, I'm sure it would be pretty yeah. tight. Guys, it has been a pleasure and an honor to spend my 30th yeah. birthday here, spend a lot of time... Sum it up. What's been your best part? Yeah, what's your best part? You always talk about... You're like hosting, uh, but what are yeah. you enjoying? Come on, tell us oh, Carmine's when you're acting like you're the fucking Look, Carmine, Look, Carmine's was great. It was really nice to see a lot of the... Uh, the was it the pull, pull the boys, though? You look good there. I do. <laughs> admit I it. There. Admit it. I do feel like a star over there. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your favorite part? I, it's tough, man. I gotta be honest. Just sitting at the levee tonight with you guys, letting you guys get... A real feel Django. for what it was like. Yeah, yeah man, man. Just like just being in these spots that I built such a little like mythology in my head for, and have you guys really experience this place the way that I felt that it it was for me for so long. Uh, it's just important to me for you guys to get a real feeling for what it was like for me down here. That really, honestly, we were, the levy was great. I really enjoyed. We it. were making fun of Sam when he wasn't around. He's so proud to be like, listen. So when no, you cross we, the street, you do this, or when you go into a place, you do that. Like he's very proud of we like, telling us how to be down here. We were salty very flattering. Sam abandoned. <laughs> very us. flattering. Yeah. Sam abandoned us and best had to go across. Who's gonna so teach we us were, how to cross the street? We made it gone. Sometimes you get opportunities that don't present themselves very often. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, I want to thank everybody who uh, who helped us out. I want to thank Eric Tuttle for being a good guide for us for three days here in New York. I want to thank Adam Goldstein for putting us up. I want to thank Joe Thompson from Brooklyn Brewery for yeah. giving us a lot of his time. Also, the Brooklyn uh, tour, also Aaron, Aaron McNair from Brooklyn Brewery. Yes, Aaron who McNair. Was, uh, she was very good to me. We talked a lot about running events and having a tap room yeah. open and stuff like yeah. that. She was very kind to us. Yeah, great. If you come down to Brooklyn, do that tour. Also, taste things and everything. It's yeah. a very eventful time. A thank you, they've done well. A thank you to Ivy, Eric Suttles' yes. girlfriend, yeah. <laughs> for putting up with all the boys playing FIFA. And I'm going to beat him more FIFA. I hope he's listening. I will destroy you. Um, so, guys, I want to thank you for spending this time with us. Uh, we'll be back with a more traditional show next week, hopefully. Um, Pray for us tomorrow. We'll be out. 
Tomorrow we're not coming home till Wednesday. We'll, we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes. We gotta find Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah don't show up. miss episode thirty because I not come. So. Episode twenty-nine. It's been a real pleasure. We'll be back in the U in a couple days. Let's go eat some cold French toast from Go Yes, delicious. Cold French toast. <laughs>